Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255. And just like that, it's October 1st. Good morning, gentlemen. Welcome. <laughs> welcome to the Real Estate and Mortgage Show. I'm your host, Paul Rushworth and Frank Napolitano. So welcome to the show. Steve, Frank, thanks for joining us a little bit late. You know, it'd be, you nice, here. it'd be nice. Who's if there, it'd be nice if Who's there was, late. If, if there was someone here to let me in. Yeah. Well, that was the plan. Frank called early because, you know, we thought we could do the show alone today. So. <laughs> Wouldn't be the same without Steve. No. What would no. you do without me here? What would you do uh, with the time and money you save? Yeah. No? Speaking of... I'm here, and we might be back in the studio all together next week. Oh, I better get my wallet ready for the breakfast. Yeah, right. Uh, now, yeah. now that's funny. Uh, now that is funny. It's only been 130 shows, guys. Wow. 130, wow. Yeah, Incredible. this is number 770, and we should really be much better at this. We, we really should be. Should. Yeah, and Steve's really missed should. two of them. Been late for a couple, but he's only missed two shows, which is incredible. Yeah. Well, the one time, the one time, Frankie had some glasses issues. Remember, they wouldn't fit on his. Yeah, head? that's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I got that fixed though. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> oh, the inside joke. People are wondering what the hell we're talking about. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right, so there we go. September gone, gentlemen. Did the month go as planned? Do you think? No numbers yet, Paul. No. No, no numbers. They'll be out. They'll, they'll be out by next week for sure. But I, I don't think we're going to be surprised by the numbers. I mean, you know, the August numbers were were pretty grim. I think we're going to see the same in in September. Um, you know, it's 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 funny. There's some areas that we see some life in, and then there's other areas that are just completely dead. I mean, one of my agents uh, sent out an email this week saying, you know, just sold the blah 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 in multiple offer. It's my third multiple offer in the last six days. So, you know, there's some areas that are still getting those multiple offers, which is nice to see. And then there's other areas that we got homes that are, I mean, put it this way. I deal with a lot of grumpy sellers right now, wondering why their house is not selling. Their neighbor sold in a day four months ago. Why is their house not selling in, you know, 20 days? What would you attribute that to, Paul? Different areas. Unrealistic expectations, I think, on behalf of the sellers based on the market changing and not identifying it. Well, that's that's one. That's one. You know, maybe some uned, uneducated um, representation who aren't giving them the clear facts. But the truth is, I've said it week after week. One of the biggest reasons is if, like, I, for example, I was doing my comparables this morning, looking at the different areas. I look at you know suburbia and stuff like that, and I'm looking in the Orleans area. And the area I used to live in was more new homes, new home builders in there, a little more modern. And there was 45 town, 47 townhomes on the market. You know, with residential and townhomes and condos, there was something like a hundred and some in the area. Whereas I went and looked at, you know, Chapel Hill North, where my girlfriend used to live, and there was four homes on the market. Four. Now, in that area, they're older homes, they're more established. There's not a lot of turnover, but there's no new home builders in that area. So that's what's happening. Any area that has a lot of competition with new home builders is starting to pile up when it comes to inventory. And the areas that are a little bit older, that don't have the new home builders are really starting, like they're starting to really fly and they're continuing to really fly. And I think that's going to happen. Saying that there's zero appetite for, without being rude, ugly homes. There's zero appetite for homes with work. There's a, you know, you could have two similar homes. One is, you know, completely done, but it's $70,000 more. And this one is not even close to being done in $70,000. That's people will pay the extra $70,000 to uh, to get that tickety-boo home. Seems like we're right back where we were three years ago. We are. We are. I mean, when, when you look at the months of inventory, we're at 3.5. 
we talk about a balanced market at four months of inventory and we're at 3.5 months of inventory. You know, residential's at 3.6 and condos at 3.4. So we're teetering towards the balanced market. And like I mentioned before, there's lots of areas in the city that are in a balanced market, a strong balanced market, and could be teetering towards a buyer's market. And our days on market is starting to increase too. We're over 20 days on market right now, which is still really good. I mean, you guys remember back in, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19, when we were talking about days on market, we were talking about 42, 47, yeah. you know, 52, you know, we're, we're still at, you know, just over 20. So we're still in a very healthy market. I don't want to scare anyone off, but just know this is our new normal now. We've normalized. We're back to a market. I mean, Frank and I were talking this morning and he's like, how are you doing compared to 2019? And I said, well, why 2019? He goes, well, that was our last normal year when you think about it. I mean, you can't you can't look at your stats and your numbers and your your, your commission against 20 and 21 because those two numbers, those two markets were insane. And I'm glad Frank said that because I've been looking at, you know, over the last couple of years where we are now. And I'm like, you know, I'm giving my team the gears a little bit saying, guys, we're down. We're down drastically. What's going on? But if I go back and I look at 2019, we're not down. So it's, you know, it's all relative. I mean, if you're trying to base your results on 2020 and 2021, home sellers and home buyers as well, it's just not going to be proper and it's not going to be accurate. Now, how do we get interest rates back to where they were in 2019? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I wish. Uh, that's, you know what, as much as we could talk about the fact that we've gone to a balanced market, it's because interest rates have gone up. Let's not kid ourselves. We still have a supply issue. It's just been masked right now by the fact that interest rates are up and, and first-time home buyers and people that are buying investment properties are sitting on the sidelines. So that represents a big chunk of, of, of buyers, not to mention the fact that you know anybody that bought their first home and did really well. So if somebody bought their first home five years ago, you know, they've probably increased their equity by two, two dollars $300,000. $300, they're ready to move on to their next home because they've got a nice substantial down payment this time around. The problem is that there isn't anybody to buy their home at this time. And the fact that interest rates are so high that they're not necessarily interested at this point in selling their home and buying another home maybe for $200,000 more and having that payment go up significantly. So that's what's hurting the market right now. Um, I think we're in for another probably six months of these interest rates remaining fairly stable to where they are now. Right now, the bond market is pricing in a half a percent increase of prime rate in October, but it's still early. We still got another um, another set of numbers that are going to come out within the next two weeks or three weeks, and then we'll have a better idea whether, whether that increase is going to happen by a half or a quarter. Some of the economists are hoping for it to only be a quarter point this time around, but um, again, if the inflation numbers are still high, he'll probably be forced to do another half percent, unfortunately. Greg, so I've been listening to this. So I'm working with a few investors right now who keep peppering me about, you know, when's the time, when's the time, when's the time. And it's hard to tell an investor now's the time because the interest rates are so high, so high that they're definitely going to be underwater. But, you know, I was looking over the last couple of days and I'm looking at, a, at an area in suburbia. I'm not going to say where it is, but, you know, in this area, similar townhomes used to be selling sometimes in the early sevens, in the light sevens. And, and now, you know, I saw some of them today at like 585, 575, 599. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, could you weather the storm on a variable for the next year and then hopefully they start coming down and you're getting something at a better dollar? And I'm wondering if, you know, but are you? And that's the question, though, Paul. Right. So there's still a lot of people that believe that real estate prices, some of the bank economists have come out. They think the real estate prices are coming down. So that also plays in investors minds, too. You know, even though it's gone from 700, but 700 was the peak, obviously, to 585.90. 
what's to say it won't go down to 540, 550? And that, that's on the back of investors' minds as well. At least the ones that I pre-approved, they're saying they're just going to sit on the sidelines right now. They just don't trust the fact the real estate uh, uh, market could come down and the fact that interest rates are elevated. They'd rather just sit on the sideline at this point. Then, and I don't know. I mean, you can't blame them in a way. Well, listen, I'm an investor. I'm a real estate investor, and I'm, I'm weighing this for myself, too. And I'm sitting there going, damn, that townhome used to be so much more expensive. Should I jump on that one? And I'm like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I'll wait a little bit longer. So I, I agree with you. It's, it's like it's, you know, as an investor myself, I want to jump on something. But then I'm like, do I wait just a few more weeks or a few more months just to see what happens? But you know what? At one point, at one point, so in 2021, our market went crazy uphill till about July. And then it kind of petered off and slowed down a little bit. And then January 2022, it went crazy again. I just don't want myself, my investors, my clients to be caught with their sort of their term, their pants down when the market goes crazy again. So trying to time that is like a game right now. But now you got to time it with rates too, right? Well, that's it. That's it. And rates are rates are really squashing everything. Can you imagine this market that's come down like this? Can you imagine if rates were still at like 2%? It would be insane right now. But this wouldn't have happened. That's my yes. point is that if yes. rates were still at 2%, we wouldn't be talking about the uh, you know that home at 580. That home would still be at 700. Yeah. yeah you're right. So or maybe right. or maybe even more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe even more. And, and and you know what it's 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 funny. I was talking to uh, to a to a purchaser the other day, and he was just telling me how he's, he's you know he, he's back into the market because he was so frustrated before, but he's so scared to buy now, even though he's got lots of opportunity. And the area that he's looking in has tons and tons of comparables. But he went from being okay, I'll buy anything, but he couldn't get anything. Now he's back in. Took himself out of the market. Now he's back in the market but he's scared to buy anything, even though he has tons of opportunity because the rates are squashing that mm-hmm. and the and the, da- the potential downward turn of our average sale price for a little bit. But if listen, I, I like what, uh, it'll be interesting when the numbers come out this this week about how the market reacted in September. But I am agreeing with, with, with what Ben said a couple of weeks ago when he was on the show saying that we were, we're, he feels that we're at the absolute bottom and we're just going to slide sideways. I'd like to believe what the, that is the case. That's what I've been preaching, and I hope that's the case. 521-TALK, 521-8255. We will be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back with Frank Napolitano and Paul Rushforth. And it must be October because Mike Hapke joins us. I guess summer's over, eh, Mike? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good, good. How about yourself? (laughs) How are you not in the rinks, Mikey? You know what? I would have been on the road to a rink, but we just found in our home opener, actually, um, and we just found out that the other team is actually away at a tournament. So it just got canceled. And I thought, how else uh, do I want to spend my, my morning is uh, with you guys. So, <laughs> well, don't you know, we get a say in this, you're, Mike? You're, you're so full of crap. Mike. You're, you're just bored at home, you know? <laughs> uh, exactly. Exactly. Oh, I hate missing hockey for sure. It was a disappointment, but it's kind you're of exciting just to, actually. You're just, you're, you're just uh, trying to get away from Terry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will you yeah. will your two boys be going up against each other this year? No. Uh no. is your son playing trip uh triple or double? Hey. No, my son decided to uh not play triple A this year and he's playing house league hockey. Just like wow. his dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, he's uh, he's he made the competitive basketball team, so he's uh okay. playing competitive basketball instead. 
All right, Mike, let me guess. You're you're seeing uh, problems in the real estate market because interest rates are high and you're looking for uh, the answer for investors right now. I'll bet you have it. Yeah, you know what? It's interesting um, because I do listen to the show uh, regularly and I listened this morning. And, you know, it, it's kind of a tale of, 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 you know, two worlds here. Um, you know, on the private lending side, you know, we've always been, let's preface by saying, we've always been a conservative mortgage lender. Um, and that's what our investors like about us. But what we're seeing right now is, you know, oh, you know, since the pandemic started, we've always been dialing back consistently before we see any reports, you know, our risk profile. So, you know, any little ripples that we see, we can easily, you know, decide to be a little more conservative, maybe lend a little bit less on a particular property or require a higher credit score, whatever it is. And, you know, since, you know, the beginning of the pandemic, we started doing that. So, you know, our average loan to value within our portfolio sits at about 70%. So very conservative. So what we're finding now is still no delinquencies within our portfolio, very few NSF payments, if any, on a monthly basis. And what we're seeing now is a lot of investors that might be in the real estate market even seeking other sources of real estate investment, perhaps, you know, sitting on the sidelines right now. And we've actually had a number of individuals who've sold their real estate, moved their assets into the mortgage investment corp, um, where they're still getting a very nice rate of return. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's really interesting because, you know, we don't see the, the you know, we, we don't, like Paul said, you know, we are very cautious with respect to lending high loan to values and Paul hit it right on the nail on the head there when he said, you know, it's in those areas where you might have a resale in an area where there's a whole bunch of new development happening. I've always been cautious of that because even though you might've put up a fence and maybe decorated the house a little bit, someone's going to look at it and say, well, I'd rather buy the new one. And in fact, they're going to give me, you know, 5,000 or $10,000 or $20,000 worth of upgrades you know, on this new one instead of purchasing a used one that might be only a year or two old. So that's where you get into the, the struggles. You know, um, developed communities, um, you know, tend to hold a little tighter. You know, we, we try to steer clear of the, the larger properties, you know, the, the million-dollar, multi-million-dollar properties. We don't do those high-rise condos. I've always said those were the first ones to, to tend to slow down in value or pull back a little bit. So we anticipate pullback. I mean, you know, we monitor this very closely, even by postal code. So we know each and every month what area of the city is actually appreciating and which one's pulling back a little bit, as, as does Paul. Right? So, you know, you, you watch that closely and you just lend accordingly. And, you know, because of that, we, we continue to be delinquent-free um, in our portfolio. I'm guessing fact, there's probably a lot of investors right now that are thinking, you know what, I'm, I'd like investing in real estate, but I might wait a year, see what happens with rates and yeah, see what happens yeah. with prices. So uh, the MIC would be an excellent spot to put your money. Well, well, that's exactly it. I mean, so on average, you know, our you know real estate investors are used to getting, you know, it's nice if you come up positive each and every month after rental income, but you also are counting on, let's say, 5 6 7% you know, return on your, on the values of your properties. Well, that may or may not happen this year We're you know, we're heading a little bit lower. I don't know. And I don't believe that we're going to be lower than we were at the beginning of the year, but that's yet to be seen. Um, but this year our investors are receiving a 7.5% and that's unaudited. So we just completed our year end August 31st. Um, but 7.5% 
on their holdings. And for next year, because the interest rates are increasing nicely now, um, we're targeting an 8% uh, plus rate of return. Wow. Um, you know, so, so we're actually, you know, on our side, we tend to do a little better when the interest rates go up because we're able to charge a little more. Um, well, that's good news for Frank's retirement then. Well, it, it, we're just accelerating that. For him, so <laughs> he's pretty happy about that. He's already in retirement mode. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, he's not getting any younger. That's for sure. Yeah. The appetite is there though, right, Mike? For, uh, and I yeah. think, you know, a lot of mix that I've been talking to, are saying that their volumes are actually increasing and you know which is kind of crazy to to understand but because the rates have gone up as much as they have your traditional lender self-employed lend uh borrower is struggling even more now to qualify at a bank so therefore that's where the private lenders come in at least for you know in a lot of cases it's a one-year kind of you know situation where they hope that rates will be lower and they can go back to their banks a year from now yeah, it's funny. Um, we really focus on short-term money. So, you know, so one year is our max. So sometimes we're doing three months, six months, which is great because we're able to basically lend that money out, generate the interest rate, generate a fee for our, our investors, and then they pay us back and then we do it again. Um, you know, and, and, and the fact that we're seeing more deals right now simply means that we get to pick the very best. We don't have to, you know, take every deal that comes in. Of course, we don't. Um, you know, and, and so, yeah, so we've seen increased volume. So last year, you know, at the end of the year, our, our amount was $80 million. We've, um, we had funded last year and now just in September, we've already done 11 million, wow. 11.5. Um, but that's being extremely selective, you know, high quality borrowers. Um, our average credit score, if you're familiar with credit scores is over 730. So good quality um, borrowers, um, just for whatever reason, falling outside of the traditional uh, lending box. And are you going to see um, more of that yeah. in the next year and two, do you think, Mike? Yeah, no question. I mean, listen, um, Frank, uh, you know, mentioned it earlier. We still have a supply issue, um, not just in Ottawa, but in Canada. Um, we also know that immigration has to increase substantially. Um, you know, and, and that they're, the governments are really focusing on that. You know, we know that the Ottawa area employment sector is extremely strong with extremely low employ, uh, unemployment. And we know that the, the rental, uh, the vacancy rate is extremely low. You just have to look at the data and then you can decide, you know, are we going to, is, is the bottom going to fall out on real estate? No, it's not possible. Um, you know, is it going to slow down? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, but we still have a very, very strong market and Ottawa has always lagged behind other major markets. So there was a little bit of catch up, but we're still lower than the major centers. Um, hey Mike, um, yeah, I know why I know, uh, did you listen to the start of the show by the way? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I know we met this week and I, you know, I gave you a, a large chunk of money to invest for me, but with us getting back to the studio next week, I need to buy a lot of breakfast. Can I get that money back? <laughs> you know, I'll be paying for Frank's breakfast for the next month. So I need that money back, please. Uh, yeah. You know what? We can just give you your monthly dividend. And there you go. You I don't know you if that would cover it. Dividend you can take it in cash or compound, but I know that you need it for, for breakfast. So we'll just give that to you on a monthly basis, Paul. But, um, 
But yeah, no, listen, this market is great. And so are you going to call that your breakfast investment portfolio, Paul? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I am. Investment. I love it. But listen, if you're looking like when we have inflation like this, you need a return on your money. You know, those people that are sitting in cash and or just taking a bath in the market, you might as well be getting something. So How do we get a hold of you, Mike. You know, uh, check us out at advancednick.com or 613-274-0055. You know, obviously, with any given investor, we, you know, sit down, we do a full review with you to make sure, you know, where your comfort level is, what your risk uh, tolerance is, you know, whether whether or not this is suitable for you. That's, you know, that's, you know, the basics. We go over all that. There's never any commitment with respect to whether or not you invest or not. You know, here's the information. Here's what we do, and then you can decide if it's if it's you know something that you're interested in. But and how many I years now, Mike? You, how many years now? I, eight full years. Well, actually, an eight eight and a bit, but we just completed our eighth full year. So and your average um, rate of return is uh, the average is still sitting about seven point six um, on average, uh, but uh, but this past year uh, will just be over seven point five. So last year was about seven point two six, I think it was. Yep. Um, so this year it's gone up a little bit because at the tail end, obviously we've seen the increase in rates, but next year we're targeting uh, 8% and we feel very confident that we can get uh, to that or north of that number. Wonderful. Um, yeah. All right. So, go close the cottage now. Heading up there shortly. For sure. <laughs> Got to get all the docs in, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Mike. With you, Mikey. Thanks gentlemen. Have a great show. Thank you. Thank you. 521 talk 521 We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back with Frank Napolitano and Paul Rushforth. Well, I guess there is some good news. It costs a little bit less if you want to buy a house than it did in June. In June, you needed 137 grand if you had 20% down to buy an average house. That's down to 129,980. Except for your payments doubled. <laughs> Except your payments, your payments are doubled. Yeah. That's the problem. So you can so. qualify, but it's going to cost you more. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that I seems mean, like we, that seems high to me that you got to make almost 130 grand. Of course, not as bad as Vancouver, where you got to make over 220 grand. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's no question. Not just a starter home. I mean, that's not even, um, you know, that's not even, you know, your second home or your third home. So, like I said, I mean, I think it's unfortunate. I mean, there's a lot of first-time home buyers that are just sitting on the sidelines right now, not because they want to, but because they have to. It's just not the right time for them to buy. And it's not the property values that's doing it this time around like it was six months ago, eight months ago, and all the craziness. It's strictly nothing more than interest rates. And the interest rates are what's holding them back right now, and they're crossing their fingers and hoping that those rates will come back down, uh, you know, hopefully in 2023. So somebody that bought a house three years ago that's now hit the home run in value, what interest rate and interest rates? But what interest rate would they be paying then? Three percent. I mean, I mean, three in twenty nineteen, we were in the threes. So, so does it make sense for them to move up and blend? Yes, a hundred percent. Anybody that calls me and says, like, you know, we still got two years left, it's like we got to figure out how to blend it because it doesn't make any sense to pay the penalty to get out of a lower interest rate to get a newer interest rate. It makes no sense. And some people have said, but how do I know that rates won't be higher two years from now? We don't. There's no 100% you know, proof that two years from now the interest rates will be lower, but the likelihood is probably better that the rates will be lower two years from now than they are today. 
Well, we would hope it's even before two years from now. <laughs> we hope so, but you know, for somebody that's got two years left, I mean, again, anybody that bought a home at the beginning of the pandemic has hit an absolute home run. I mean, you know, if you bought a home in 2020 at the pandemic started, your house is likely up, you know, probably 30% in that time frame, and you locked in at an interest rate in the ones or twos. So you've done nothing but hit a home run, and you've got another two or three years left on your mortgage, and hopefully. Fingers crossed by the time that your maturity comes up, the, the interest rates are back down to normal, which we've always said normal is between 3 and 4%. Yeah. Right. That, you, I think, is normal. Yeah, and if you bought a house, on average, if you bought a house at the start of the pandemic, you're up over 50%. On average, average sale price around the city, you're up actually 52%. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, don't, you know, if the market comes down a tiny little bit, you bought just before the pandemic and you actually have to sell, you're up 50 plus percent so you're doing okay and i've had these conversations with sellers this week and it's probably allowed me to get the price reductions i got mainly because i said guys i know you feel like you're losing money but you're not i mean there was one house that we had listed at 899 and they're like i don't want to go down anymore i feel like if i go down i'm losing money and i said you know what if i would have come to list your house two years ago i probably would have listed it at 599 or 625 and that was two years ago. And now we're talking about eight ninety nine. And I want you to come down to, you know, another 50 grand. You're still well ahead of where you used to be. So that's the kind of conversations that we're having with sellers right now. Uh, and you have to be very educated on what's going on in the market when you're having these conversations with sellers, because it's a really hard conversation where you're going to tell a seller, I know a month and a half ago, we talked about your house being, you know, 649. I know I'm asking you for a $75,000 price reduction. I know you feel like you're throwing away $75,000. The truth is the market has shifted and it's almost like a battle to the bottom. You need to get your house sold before it gets worse. But the last and two I'm, years, Paul, people have gained what, 10 to 15 years worth of value in just two years? Easily. Yeah. Easily. Like, well, probably more than that. Because when you talk about going up over 50%, over 10 years, that's 5% a year. That's 5% is still a very solid year. So, if, you know, if our market goes up 5% every year, that's a solid year. So, yeah, you've gained 10 to 15 years of appreciation in your house in the last two years. And it's something I don't think we'll ever see again. I mean, I don't think we'll ever see it in two years. The market went up 42%. You know, now year to date, you add another 10% on there. We're up 52%. I, I can't see that happening over a span like that ever again. Yeah, people are short-sighted though, right? People only yep. look at the last six months or a year. So they forget about all of a sudden 2020 and mm -hmm. 2021 are distant memory because they've just accepted the fact that that's what their house is worth. So when they see it come down, you know, again, people get emotional ties to the values of their home. And I think where you struggle, Paul, is probably, you know, their neighbors sold in March or April for 850 and now you're telling them they're 799. They're saying, well, I don't understand. My house is nicer than theirs. Why is mine... And, you know, it's just part of the market. And But people have a hard time because they do get that financial, emotional tie to the value of their home that they and don't want to give up. And you're right, Frank. It's easy for us because we could just look at the forensic evidence. We could go look at the HPI and show what your area has done and how it's come downhill, where you should be. And we do all that. We're not attached to the house. We're attached to the outcome. We're attached to the results. And we're attached to the service we're given. But we're not attached to what's going on with the house. We just have to, you know 
let them know what the results are by the evidence, by the, by the forensic evidence. And this is what, this is the truth. I mean, the market is not lying. The market's telling the truth and, and the market's, you know, transparent. And, and we're still in a very fluid market. I know when we were going up, it was a much more fluid market. Now we're a little more stagnant as we, as we start to head down a little bit. And it's interesting next, next week's show will be a little different because I can't wait to, you know, see how the numbers fared. And I think, you know, I'm, not, I'm I'm thinking that you know we're going to be down number of sales, and we're going to be probably up a little bit on the average sale price. So that's what I'm that's what I think we're going to see. Yeah, and Mike talked about the immigration. I mean, there's going to be more people coming, so we still got a supply issue. But at the end of the day, I think what really propped up some of the values here in Ottawa was the fact that the work from home was was so accepted that there were a number of people that were coming here, moving here from the GTA, where they were getting great value for the home here, and they could sell their home in the GTA, or maybe they were renting in the G- GTA with no hope of ever buying a home. They were able to find that here, where now you're seeing companies start to request that their employees go back to the office. So I think you know the influx of Toronto buyers have, ha- has slowed tremendously. It has. It has. And, and it's funny, during the pandemic, I would say, I mean, I'm, I'm making up a number here, but I would say, you know, 15% of the calls we got were from Toronto buyers and, or Toronto agents, you know, like the Toronto agents started to come into our industry and, you know, we, we'd get a call and we'd be like, so I'm so-and-so from Toronto agency this. And uh, so I don't have access to your MLS, but I have a client who's looking at one, two, three ABC street. Can you do all the homework and send us all the details on that property? Wow. You know? And I'm like, no. No, I actually can't. You know, if you'd like to refer your Toronto buyer down here, I'm more than happy to help them buy a property. But uh, I'm not helping you. You're a different board. You know, and that we were seeing a lot of that. Toronto buyer, Toronto agents were trying to take advantage of the Ottawa market because it was too expensive in Toronto. It was much cheaper in Ottawa. And, and Toronto buyers were coming down here. I mean, you could come buy an investment property here in Ottawa in suburbia for $700,000. The same house in Toronto was $1.4, $1.5 million. So where would you rather buy it? When rents are pretty even when it comes to Toronto and Ottawa. In fact, and especially if you can work from home, which is what, work, yeah. 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 So we saw a lot of Toronto people moving here, but we saw a ton of in Toronto, we ton of Toronto investors, ton of Toronto investors coming here, you know, and for them, and the reason why our average sale price was going up so quick was one interest rates were so low, but we had a Toronto buyer come in and, you know, someone would bid 685 on the property and Toronto buyer would be like 685. I'll go to 750 tomorrow. I mean, that's cheap. And they were doing it. They were going to 750. Next thing you know, it's, a townhome sold for seven fifty. That's the new base, and that's where that's where the new metrics are. We were also seeing a lot of people moving to the outskirts. Has that stayed the same or changed now? It's you know what. We're, so here's the thing: people are still moving to the outskirts because it's more affordable. You know, before what we were seeing is people were moving to the outskirts because it was more affordable, but it was also a quality of life because they could work from home. But now, if you're heading back to the office. Yes, it's much cheaper to be in the outskirts, but at the same time, your commute with the prices of gas, I mean, you're, you're eating up gas now. So it's, is it cheaper? I mean, it's, you know, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. Let's move out, out here, you know, because it's cheaper, but then let's spend double the amount in gas because we've got to drive 45 minutes to work now that we have to go back to work. So we're, we are going to see where we, you know, we went through a period where, especially with Steve, when you and I were selling our country homes, we went through a period, nobody wanted country homes, right? Like yeah. we are kind of lucky to get our homes sold. I mean, you were a waterfront, I, but so I wouldn't consider you country, but. Um, you had a good I, agent. Well, you had a damn Yeah, good, yeah I had right? a pretty good agent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, so, so at that point though, no one really wanted those large country properties because millennial didn't want those properties. And then when the pandemic hit, we were like, wow, why is everyone moving out to the country? Yeah. And that's what we saw. We saw large property, large acreages starting to fly off the shelf. 
Oh, if now, only I would have got divorced later. Seriously, <laughs> seriously. I know the feeling, buddy. I know the feeling. <laughs> hey, Paul, your makeup numbers are much more realistic than other ones I hear. So, congrats on that. <laughs> My makeup numbers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 521 talk, 521-8255. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back with Frank DiPolitano and Paul Rushforth. Paul, starting to read articles now that are saying that Ottawa house prices will probably drop about 2.2% by the end of the year. Do you see that happening? Um, as of now to the end of the year? Yeah. Um, yes. Yes, I do. Uh, I do see that happening. We're already starting to drop. Um, you know, we, we've our, our peak was in April. We were at our average sale price was seven hundred and thirty nine thousand, and our last price at the end of August, which we'll see what happens in September, is seven hundred and eleven. So we've gone from you know seven thirty nine to seven eleven uh, over that span between April and the end of August, and I think we're still. But who knows? You know, we had an economist, Ben Robidu. Uh, that's it, eh, Frank? Robidoux? Yep. yep. Ben Rob- Frank brought an economist, Ben Robidoux, on a couple weeks ago. And if anyone remembered the show, he was saying that he feels like we're at the bottom of the price decreases and we're going to be remain flat until the spring. And that's when we'll see what happens in the spring. And I, I agree with him. Will we see a, a potentially a, a, another little drop before then? Potentially. Uh, we may see that 2.2% drop. We may see that. Um, but it's no one knows. I mean, if someone sits here and touts that they know what's going to go on, they're full of, you know what. But are um, the chances better of that happening if rates go up even higher? Yes. Yeah. yeah. If rates continue to go up, you know, Ben's correct that they go up another quarter point and then a potentially another quarter point for a total of half a point. I don't think that's crippling. Uh, it's already, the crippling's already happened. I don't think that's going to get worse and make it even worse. But I do think that, we are going to remain very stagnant. Uh, and uh, I mean, let's be honest. Frank said at the start of the show, no one's doing it. Yeah. Everyone's sitting on the sidelines. Buyers are sitting on the sidelines because of interest rates, even though there's more inventory on the market now. Sellers are sitting on the sidelines because they're like, I don't want to put my house on the market now. Do I put it on the spring? Do I put it on now? And the truth is, I'm working with some friends who I give them the advice, depending on what area they're in, what market they're in. You know, if you're in an area who has no comparables, get it on right now. Yeah. If you're in an area that has tons and tons and tons of comparables, Two things are going to happen. Either one, you might want to wait till spring, but if everybody has that same philosophy and they start to pour their house on spring, plus all the leftovers from you know the October, November, December's, then we're going to be a glut on the market in those areas. So just know your area, be educated on your area, what the comparables are, how many active listings, what's a month of inventory, what's the days on market, and then we can help you make that educated guess whether to put it on the market now or wait till spring. Frank, is this hey, your look- busiest season for renewals? Uh, not really. I mean, the summer is when the renewals happen because, you know, historically speaking, most people close on their homes in the months of May, June, July, August, and beginning of September. So those are the busiest closing. So therefore the renewals would come up, but, you know, let's keep something in mind for, you know, for, for all the doom and gloom that we, you know, we keep hearing Canadians historically make their mortgage payments. So, you know, we're not, and I've had a couple of people say, you think the same thing could happen that happened in the U.S. in 2007, 2008? And the answer is an absolute no, because banks are still reporting that delinquencies are lower. Now they've crept up a little bit lately, but Canadians changed their spending habits 
but they do not miss their mortgage payments. Yeah. So generally speaking, you're probably before mortgage payments start getting missed, what you're going to see is, you know, people take away their discretionary spending when times are tough like they are now. So you'll see restaurants getting hit, travel getting hit, tourism getting hit for sure. They won't buy a new car. They'll hang on to their car for another year or two years. That's what Canadians generally do before they miss mortgage payments. So, you know, the likelihood that we're going to see a mortgage crisis, something that the U.S. went through 15 years ago, is very, very slim in Canada because... Well, and our banks our are healthy, right? Our banks are beyond are, healthy. <laughs> and our lending practices are, are extremely strict in comparison to other countries. So, you know, as much as people think that people overborrow, overborrow... You know, at the end of the day, we've been doing, you know, even when somebody was getting a mortgage at 1.89%, they were qualifying at five and a quarter percent. So it's not like, you know, they borrowed the money based on thinking that interest rate was going to be the interest rate for moving forward. If the renewal came up now, will times be tougher when your mortgage rate goes from 1.89 to 5.25? Of course it will. I mean, your payments are going to increase substantially. But you were qualified based on that higher rate to begin with. So, um, what are know, we qualifying I, I, at today now, Frank? Seven and change. While you're qualifying, yeah, you're qualifying at whatever contract rate you get plus two percent. So the the mortgage qualifying rate, which is set at five and a quarter, is not even being used right now. So uh, basically, the interest rates that are being uh, used right now are whatever the um, whatever the contract rate. So if you took a variable today, variable is up to 5.45. Even if you got prime minus one, you're 4.45. You're having to qualify at 6.45%. So substantially higher than the five and a quarter that's out there. And again, I mean, if you can tolerate and qualify on those payments, the likelihood is that when your renewal comes up, those, uh, those payments will be lower. And if you're renewing now, you're going short term, aren't you? Well, you're going short term or, or, you know, you're unfortunately, you're in a position where, you know, your interest rate has gone up tremendously uh, from from what your renewal rate was. And at that point, you're you've got to make a tough decision, because if you're scared that rates are going to continue to go up, then, you know, uh, you might lock into a five year. And I think the banks are telling I mean, I mean, this bothers me a little bit. A lot of the banks are telling their customers they should lock into a five year rate because rates are going to continue to go up where their economists are, are, are painting a different picture. So it's a long you know, commitment do some homework. these times. Yeah, do some homework. But a variable is tough to accept these days, too, because a variable rate is very close to a five-year rate. So you're, you know, you're and the threat of maybe prime going up again. So for some people, they're saying, why would I take a variable? My rate might be higher than my five-year. All right, birthdays, Frank? Uh, I got a couple. Uh, Ashley Myerino and Leah LaRose from our office celebrating their birthdays. Uh, see, no, not a lot of, vo- uh, well, the one vowel. There. One vowel. One gotta, have, one. gotta have the one vowel there. And wearing my Carlton Ravens, the Panda games today. So go Ravens today. So oh, I nice. have, uh, I have a couple things. I have number one, a birthday. My beautiful girlfriend, Petra's nephew, Alex Laverne, sir, turns 21 today and he's headed to Vegas as a 20 year old. Wow. So he will be not sober. How did he, get, so- how did he end up being two years older than your girlfriend? Two years older than my girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the other one too is um, we're back in studio next week. So I'm setting up a GoFundMe page to help pay for Frank's breakfasts. So look out for the GoFundMe page coming soon. <laughs> oh, comedian. Uh, I'm not sure I want you guys back in the studio, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's been Either way, please continue to support local businesses and charities. The odor in the like, studio has been so pleasant for the last few years. Charities and, and, and locals, but please, my charity, my GoFundMe page as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have a great week, gentlemen. <laughs> All right. Have a great weekend, everyone.